0: Hey guys, I'm André Villas-Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget,
1: whatever happens, the future is bright, future's lily-white,
0: come on your Spurs. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realized until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. (laughs) The curve the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat-trick, the scissor-kick, we are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2. It's quite a game,
2: isn't it always?
0: We are Jennings, Defoe, and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next. We are Blanche Flower, and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.
1: Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory. I'm ASD. I'm Rob. I'm Giles. And here we are. It's the day after the, the night before. How how are you how are you feeling about it all? Rob?
2: Feeling uh well pretty buoyant, another last-minute winner. Who doesn't love a last minute winner? And it just made the atmosphere in the stadium afterwards. I mean, just electric, to be honest. I didn't think I'd seen an atmosphere in the stadium. Like it had been uh, at the Sheffield United game, um, and I thought the atmosphere yesterday was even better than that at the end after the final whistle. To be honest, it was just an absolute elation. Probably because you know it was Liverpool and and not Sheffield United, so that's so I feel pretty good about that. But um, I, I didn't think I didn't think yesterday was quite as uh, as as positive. A performance as, uh, as Sheffield United. Well, I certainly came away yesterday elated, but I was—I I, parts yesterday I was getting quite frustrated uh, with them yesterday. I must say, I thought they were quite naive in the second half. Uh, says the man that you know uh, played under 16s football and then since then has done nothing. But no, but nonetheless, I did. Uh, <laughs> I, I was I was getting quite frustrated in the second half. Pino you know, wins a win. We're going to win the league.
1: We are going to. Be- I'm glad you said it. 'Cause I was gonna bring it up. But I think before we start we have to um say a massive congratulations to Luis Diaz. It was an excellent finish. Um I think they should they should let him put it in for goal of the month. <laughs>
2: yeah. it's such a show. I've enjoyed seeing the Liverpool fans saying so the game must be replayed. <laughs> oh no, yeah, that's how it works. Did you see that poor sod
3: who had his Aki ruined by Diaz not scoring? Do you see that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you do? Because, like, there'll be people who won <laughs> off the back of us winning. So, you can't, you know, you can't award him anything. But,
2: God, poor fella. God, I have been to a nicer club. Oh, no,
1: I looked up the no, definition so. of uh, victim mentality and there's 11 signs <laughs> of the victim mentality. Um, let's see how many of these we can tick for Liverpool fans and all football fans, all media football fans at the moment. Number one, constantly blaming people for other, uh, other people for situations, for feeling miserable. Hick, they possess a life is against me philosophy. Hick, they think others are purposely trying to hurt them. They're cynical or pessimistic. They feel powerless to change their circumstances. They enjoy sharing their tragic stories with other people. They have a habit of blaming, attacking, and accusing those they love for how they feel. They're constantly putting themselves down. Not that one. They believe they're the only one being targeted for mistreatment. Tick. They refuse to analyse their beliefs or improve their life. Tick. Final one. Even when things go right, they find something to complain about. So that's from uh, lonawolf.com. So, um... (laughs) Thank you, LonaWolf.com. We can definitely see that. In the uh, Rob, the red card, no, not the red card, the the offside. How did you feel about it when you saw it live and how much signal was there in the stadium and that they, it was offside and there was something to be angry about?
2: So I um, sit uh, in block 416, which for those uh, of you that don't know where that is, that's not the south stand. It's the um, northwest corner. So actually, my seat is, you know, they always take that, those photos of the stadium that look down and across the stadium towards the south stand. That that could be taken from my seat, to be honest. So I didn't get a great view of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't tell if it was offside or not. I thought it was a great goal. Yeah. It was a great finish and I thought it was a great goal in the stadium itself. Um, there was a bit of a sigh, frankly, when the goal went in. Nobody... Um, thought that it was offside but interestingly nobody thought it was offside but the linesman flagged and Klopp everyone leapt out all the all the Liverpool bench leapt out of the um off the bench which I can see and Klopp pushed them all back like he instantly he wasn't like that's not off that that's an onside goal and he didn't really complain none of the Liverpool bench really complained so I think they probably didn't get a great view of it either mm. Then the the screen flashed up and just said checking for possible offside. It didn't feel like a very long check, less than a minute. Um, and then the referee, um, you know, pointed for the goal kick and or, or whatever it was, and um, and that was it. Um, and I, when that happened, I get I get quite a good view of the benches. or the bit I'm looking down on them. There was no mass protest at that at that. At, at that time and you know it was it was just a part of the game i didn't realize it was such a big thing i was, I was driving home train show yesterday so i took the car i was driving home and then it came up on the radio and it wasn't until that moment that i even knew that there'd been a problem
1: so gee do you think they made it worse with pgmol coming out after the game do you think that stoked the fire or why do you think there's been such a fuss over this
3: I don't know if it stoked the fire. And to be honest, I don't think we can blame them from coming out and holding their hands up because I feel like we we should expect them to do that. We should expect officials of all shapes and sizes to come out and justify decisions or at least say when they when they got it wrong. So I don't know. I think the stoking of the fire tends to happen quite frequently by the likes of Sky Sports and media and the coverage. So you've got folk like Gary Neville who on one week will say, Ketty is found on Vicario, shouldn't have been a red because he didn't connect and yet at the same time the the yet I know we're not talking about the the, the red card um on Biceema but he did connect and so i find the contradictions that you 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 hear in commentary and punditry most frustrating so i don't i don't know look i think they should have apologized i think var is a massive issue and we've spoken about that at length i don't think it's made things better at all um, so, no, I don't think you, I don't think we can criticise them for that, but it will inevitably stoke fires because there was such a feeling of, of emotion and, and kind of venom, I think, last night, um, especially on the socials, uh, which I suppose is fairly consistent of people feeling like they'd been cheated as if... Um, I mean, you mentioned victim mentality as if we haven't felt cheated, whether it's Christ going back to Mendes or whether it's Sissoko in the Champions League final. So... It's strange because like Rob, I feel so buoyant and excited. And wow, we, you know, we beat Liverpool at home. We're having such a great season. But I almost feel like because there was such attention given to the uh, PGMOL, it almost is. it's almost like I can feel elated, but terms and conditions apply, which I don't yeah, like. Yeah. I'd rather just feel elated.
1: Yeah. Well, on match today, day, it was just all about the decisions. And then right at the end, Shearer said, oh, don't forget Spurs. Spurs played really well. And, we got to, we can't forget that we did have to win ugly. Okay. Let's come on, we'll come on to how we played, Rob. Let's get the other major decisions. So the two red cards. So red card, Curtis Jones, as neutral as we can. Are they red cards?
2: I mean, I, I thought they were both. I, I thought they were both red cards. I I thought Curtis Jones was not in control of himself. No. When over the top of the ball, uh, I, I had Basuma. Unlike Vicario last week, who seemed to lift it, he seemed to know that he was in one and he lifted his leg off the floor, didn't he, to try and save himself. But Suba mm. didn't do that. It was too quick. He, he just got lucky that he's, he's, if you watch his boot, his boot almost sort of skidded across the turf. If he'd have had his foot planted, I mean, mm. he unquestionably would have broken his, the lower part of his legs. I mean, no doubt. And in the stadium, when they showed it back after the red card, 64,000 people or whatever was in there, everyone was like, oh, you, it was an audible gasp. Um, I thought they were both that was red heard cards. as well.
3: You could hear that on the TV coverage. You could yeah. tell they just showed it on the screen. It was
2: it was horrendous. The other thing I want to say about the PGA thing, just the P-G-ML thing, just yeah, really quickly yeah. is, it's a referee mis- like referees make mistakes. It's a mistake. Referees make mistakes sometimes that lead to goals or that disallow goals that were really goals. All the time, it's part of football. And in the end, I know that VAR isn't supposed to, but they just made a mistake. And that's the end of it. And across the season, Liverpool will get a goal that was offside, that VAR gets wrong, or they'll get a penalty that VAR doesn't check, or they won't. It will balance itself out. The thing is, is this was just a big mistake and not a little mistake, but it's still just a mistake. And I truly believe across 38 games, those things, they just sort themselves out. We'll get a shocker in... Our next game, or whatever it is, it just it's the way of the game. I just think there's been a massive overreaction to it. You know unless they want to put bots in charge of bar, people are going to make a mistake. And even then totally. I think to...
3: if it was Luton or someone else, it wouldn't have had the same pickup. And also because Absolutely. I think, uh, I can't remember the stats, ASD might know this because you tend to know better than me with with, with with your figures and data, but it was the first time they'd lost in God knows how many games, right? And it's Liverpool and they'd had two red cards and, you know, there's, there's so many other elements. And I think if the context was different, if we were playing Wolves away and Wolves didn't get a goal and it finished in a draw, then it wouldn't have been the same. But I yeah. mean, Rob's spot on. And Never. the thing,
2: and and the Jota red card as well. Oh, it was an absolute red card. I thought his first yellow was harsh, but you know what? It happens. But as Shearer said last night, when you're on that yellow, then like don't. Five minutes later, whoever it was, the doggy was it scythe through, and interestingly, when he went off, you know sometimes when a player gets sent off, the the manager or the bench will come and console him. They left yeah, him. They, none of that. They they left him and just they they knew. It was a really, really bad one. I thought jotters they they were both reds and jotters in particular was, was just ridiculous, you know. Yeah.
3: On jotters, can I just add, I think if the if you were going to concede the first one was harsh or maybe shouldn't have been a yellow, the tackle he did a few minutes earlier should have been a yellow and was nothing. So I, I get agree. it's like everyone's hinging on that one that first yellow perhaps not being a yellow. And you think, yeah, but collectively you should have been on at least a yellow already. So park it. And to Rob's point, of course, he's on a yellow, he's only just been booked. You don't go and lunge out on the counter and and pull a doggy down and then complain and say I didn't touch him. It's like what do you mean didn't touch him? Who did? They look like you. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah That's right. Yeah. They've had four red cards this season so far as well. Something's going on there. I think Klopp's got them wound up. Like Jota looked wound up, just it like just giving it his all. Curtis Jones, definite red card for me. I don't understand why people think it's soft. Like how he's either in control of his body or he's not. If he is, then he meant to do it. If he isn't, then it was reckless. So uh, it was definitely. And then the two yellow cards. It was soft the first one, but he tripped him up. Like if that was in the penalty area, it would be a penalty. It's it's yeah. it's a foul. And then the second one was just stupidity. We've all seen him. I, I it seems very simple to me. I I don't really understand what the fuss is and about. And I think apart we, from you can, can
3: accept, and we can all agree that, that there was no intent from Curtis Jones. But no. Well, so what? <laughs> like, who cares? Right. That's not that's not the decisive factor, right? If Absolutely. you were just done on intent, Romero would get a red card within a few minutes every game. <laughs>
1: He's a lot <laughs> better this season. But
3: um no, he has. That's that's to be fair, but he just he just has intent to uh take yeah, yeah. as much of the man when he can without being butt and I, you know, salute him for that.
1: I'll tell you what I've also got and found, to be fair at someone's tweet, but it's uh the games that have had red cards this season, then the goals that have come after them, because everyone's like, oh, the the goal, the red cards changed the game. Spurs should have won by a lot more, you know. Uh, Liverpool fans are going, you know, if that's what it takes, someone to beat us down by two men and a last-minute goal and you have to cheat, then well, we're in a good place. Let's have a look at it. So West Ham-Chelsea, red card, there's zero goals after it. City Forest, zero goals. Fulham Arsenal, zero goals. Burnley Forest, all the way down to... Yesterday, when there was an own goal, Forest versus Man United, there was a penalty. Wolves versus Luton, there's a penalty afterwards. Fuller versus Brentford, to be fair, there was a goal and a penalty. And Chelsea versus Villa. So there was only two goals, two open play goals and three penalties from 15, red card, 15 games of red cards this season. It's not wow. easier to play against teams down to 10. Now, obviously, they were down to nine. But again, they were just playing with two banks of four by the end. No, and... I think we've got to praise Spurs for being patient, for just moving the ball around and, and forcing the goal on them. It could have come five minutes earlier. It was a bit frustrating because it did feel a little bit toothless, but they had, it, this is Liverpool, the European champions not that long ago, who are defending for their lives. We've, to be fair, one of the best goalkeepers we've seen come to Spurs in a long time. I think he's one of the best goalkeepers in the world. Some of the saves he made were yeah. unbelievable. It doesn't yeah. soothe any of their wounds right now, but to be yeah. fair, we did what we needed to do. We forced the goal.
3: He's a fantastic keeper. And actually, you know, annoyingly, I take my hat off to the front three and their their counter attack because almost every time they attacked, especially with Salah, you felt like they could score. Even when they went down to nine men, I was doing what you both know I do quite a lot. I had my one of my Aussie brothers was doing shift work. So he was up at whatever it was, three in the morning and I was relying on me for updates and, and so on and so forth. And he was just on edge, so on edge because he was he was getting text commentary like kind of old school CFAK style, plus my video updates and stuff on WhatsApp. And um, yeah, he was he was he was just on the edge of his seat, and he was hating it. And then I th- but then I didn't apologise because I felt like yeah I'm hating it too because we should be we should be another goal up at least by now. And I know there was a few groans or that feeling of you know people being frustrated in the crowd, but it's because Liverpool looked so threatening on the counter they really did.
2: Yeah, they did. I was surprised that, I mean, the, there's a, a, the guy that I sit next to um, on the 90th minute before extra time, he said, you know, you watch Liverpool, we're going to go score here. Like, we haven't been able to get it done. So everybody was really on edge. I think that I was surprised that when they were down to nine men, our substitutions were Skip and Davis. I was really mm. surprised by that. because I mean, as I've said on here so many times, you know, I have literally zero knowledge about any any of this stuff. So who am I to question Postacoglu's decisions? But surely with nine men, we don't need four at the back, do we? Um, why on earth didn't they play an extra midfielder, take one of the back four? Like I didn't get it. We could have really gone, really really gone for it, but we just kept a quite traditional shape, played the same way, um, and yeah, I, they. Interestingly, when they were uh, in the stadium, at least eleven v eleven, I thought it like what it was such a great game, end to end, um, really nervy, particularly some of the passing out of the back. Oh my goodness me! But really great game. And then as soon as they went down to ten men, and even more so when they went down to nine men, it's almost like it sort of discombobulated us a little bit, and yeah. we suddenly our movement wasn't quite as sharp. We weren't knocking the ball around quite as quickly. Whether that was complacency or don't worry, we've got this, or maybe it just ruined the rhythm, I'm not sure. But they definitely played at a slower tempo when Liverpool were down to nine men than they did when they were fully strength. Which is weird, right? Why Surely it would be the other way around, but for whatever reason, it wasn't. But hey... They got the goal. They made, and they made a point on commentary
3: about that, Rob. Actually, because I was thinking the same thing. It was as if that, especially the moments, and you talk about the passing out from the back. There were times when the the tightness and the limited space available to do what they effectively did numerous times to to kind of get off, get out the the Liverpool press was was astonishing. And when when we were up against ten and then subsequently nine, someone in the commentary team and I'm pretty convinced it wasn't Neville said something along the lines of it's as if they're everything they've been drilled in all week and training on has been obviously against 11 men so the fact it was against nine almost completely threw them and they couldn't take the advantage because mm-hmm. Liverpool weren't where they were supposed to be and it kind of makes sense in in a weird it way
2: it does yeah that that, that actually does I hadn't thought of that and that does that does make sense because the tempo there's no doubt it changed they were slower in their in, in yeah. their possession which led to um, certainly me. My son was, you know, we're going to get it done. Don't worry about it. He's forgotten uh, last season already, but I was slightly more sceptical. But in the end, a great finish.
1: Let's talk about the first goal then. Son's goal. He's a fabulous striker. He's similar to the Arsenal goal last week where he's he's sort of in the middle of a couple of players and just delicately turning it in. What a Mm -hmm. pass from Madsen. Richarlison looks better on the left. Yeah. Good Tottenham goal. Now, this is what we can expect. But Madison. Jesus Christ, what a player that boy is.
2: Incredible. He was so good yesterday, running into little pockets, getting into little spaces. He didn't go quite as deep, I didn't think, as he had as he did the previous week. But I mean, some of the little through balls and some of the space that he found. Yeah, I mean, he is absolutely on another level at the moment. He really is. I just got that. I also I did get the sense they've got to try and patch him up a little bit. I'm not sure how fit he is. He didn't seem to be moving that well, and towards the end, towards the end of his time in the second half, I didn't think. So I, d- I don't know if he's carrying a couple, but that's a bit of a worry. But I mean, yeah, as you say, SD, what a, what a player he's in such form.
1: I mean, yeah. Did we expect him to be this good? I, I'm not sure we expected him to be as good as he is, because there can't be many better attacking midfielders in the in the league right now.
3: I don't think there is one of my mates is a big leicester fan and he was you know he was telling me he's been telling me he's this good for a while now and it's one of those things that you don't see it in you don't see it with the same eyes and also you assume if it is as if it is true you're going to see him do it in an england shirt but the you know the biases and all sorts of strange selections that southgate seems to make plus the abundance of of talent in the attacking kind of areas let's be honest has probably hindered Having that kind of visibility of Madison, I think one thing is is knowing how good someone is, and you know, I know Gary Lineker has been incredibly vocal, maybe because of his Leicester roots and so on and so forth, for a while about Madison. But it's, but that's only part of it. The other part of it is how quickly you develop, and whether you reference people like Luka Modric, who took a couple of years to get used to the physicality, or even Eve Basuma. Right, we knew he was a talent, but it's taken a year of um, a year of whatever we can describe the year, the first year he had under Conte to then be put in the the right conditions to flourish and I think that's what surprised me the most is more the speed he looks like he's been there for years which is wonderful right
1: it's, that's happened across the board isn't it it's it's weird how quick like Doggy is such a fantastic player the
3: Doggy is incredible incredible isn't he but you can it's go across the aspect. back
1: how yeah right how quickly Vicario is settled in Udogi, Van Der Ven, Sa. Really, if we call them his, his first season, like they're all just kicking on. Porro looks like a different, a completely different player now. Romero is a different player. He's got, I think, given him the vice captaincy, he's given him his level-headedness, and yeah. suddenly we've got balance across the field. The the thing that will stop us will be the lack of depth on our bench. If 100%. if because if, yeah, yeah, you know, because if Mad- Madison goes and suddenly, what do we do? Because suddenly that will mean, what, Son goes back, Richarlison goes up front, we put Solomon or Brennan Johnson out wide, suddenly that balance is a bit off. If Basuma is out, Skip is okay, we've got Benson Kerr coming back. But if a doggy goes, Davis back there, we have to play a completely different way, you know. Suddenly we've got problems, which is where Liverpool don't, and it will be ourselves that the problem. But then on the flip side, we've got one more game. Um, we play playing Luton next week away. Then we've got two weeks off. So all these injuries should, we shouldn't get stress injuries. Is what I'm saying.
2: I I, I think yeah. every Premier League team has got its, talis, its talisman. So mm. for example, City lost at the weekend. No Rodri, they looked pretty ordinary, didn't they? I watched the highlights anyway on Match of the Day. So whatever that tells you. But you, know, you take Madison out of Tottenham rather like you take Rodri out of Man City or you take Odegaard out of Arsenal. I mean, that's, they're irreplaceable players for teams, aren't they? I think. I do like. I um, if Van de Ven or Romero go down, mm. uh, that's a massive issue for sure. Yeah, but,
3: yeah. Um,
2: and the same for a doggy. To your point, ASD, it's a ma- it's a massive issue. But the centre back situation, they are they have if they have any ambitions to do anything this year, top six, they are going to have to sign and have to sign another centre back in January, I think. And the,
3: and the way that we, we've seen, and, you you know, I've only been to the Sheffield United game live this season. So, Rob, you'll see it, you know, firsthand where where you can't necessarily appreciate it when you're watching on telly because you don't get that whole wide angle view. But the way we set up to effectively play a, almost a 2-4-4 four, four formation is fine when you've got someone like Van de Ven because his pace kind of makes it out as if you've got that extra man. But you're right, if we lose him and we drop in anyone, and this isn't just a, you know me trying to hammer Dyer, because I think we can all agree he's not quite good enough, but anyone who hasn't got that type of pace, you're going you're gonna to struggle. The thing about a doggy as well, I was, I was, again, it's something that I'd heard prior to going to the Sheffield United game about how he'd won possession in the attacking third more times than any other player in the Premier League. And what's, what seems to be so remarkable is we've, we've kind of, however you watch Tottenham, Wherever you are in the world, you will have seen. I think three, maybe even four significant goals, or even say Jota's red card, where a doggy got the ball off him and then drew the foul. Um, there are so many instances where he does it, where we don't score as well as do score. It's it's incredible. He just yep. has the ability to nip the ball and drive forward. And you think, hang on, why are you standing in left wing anyway? Like he's just he's just incredible, and he's twenty years old absolutely sensational it's 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 amazing Poro as well is I mean I think I think there was a bit of I think a few of us maybe disagreed on the pod last year about him because I think it was obvious technically he was he was fantastic it just looked like he was I don't know not quite ready or playing out of position or maybe the tactics or strategy whatever didn't quite work but he just looks we've got these players who have been there they're not all new signings and I think that's probably helped them feel kind of more bedded in and yet at the same time it is an entirely new team. But I think, yeah. I think he's been fantastic.
2: He was really up for it yesterday as well. He was a real, um, you know, real, he was a real passion driver in, in the team. He was relentless, uh, you know, and there was a moment in the second half Liverpool attacked down the corner where I am. And he, he was the the last player back, sprinting back. It was quite late in the game. Massive tackle in, up into the crowd. Yeah, re- I remember that. He yeah. was really, really up for it. And and really hyped. You know, really hyped. And it and you know, you really you need players like that in your team if you're gonna do anything, don't you? And he definitely seems to have taken on um that that mantle. The other thing I love about a doggy as well is like last last night, Salah, the week before Saka and the first 25 minutes against Saka, obviously, he was under a bit of pressure after he got his yellow card. But I personally thought that he figured Saka out and basically played him out of the game in the second half, got rid of him out of the game, just sorted yeah, him yeah. out. And um, I don't know, you know, I know he got his penalty and whatever. And yesterday, he kept Salah pretty quiet, you know. He did. I mean, it, it's very you can't keep Salah out the game because he's just he pops up in little areas and he's just too quick. But he didn't dominate uh a doggy yesterday down that right down the liverpool right hand side at all mm. um and when he did get past him with well, a couple of instances yesterday where you got to see uh van de ven turn the taps on and just yeah. how quick he is i mean live oh my god he is like i he's one of the fastest player for his size i've it's it's almost weird mm. to see something that big moving that <laughs> fast <laughs> I <laughs> so just,
1: I've got his stats. So 51 out of 52 passes completed. One a clearance, two tackles. He was, he wasn't dribbled past at all. Two out of two grandules. One zero fouls. The the fella's a, he's a classy player, but you have a look he at that. He hates to that... lose
3: as well. He hates to lose. I remember reading that when we signed him. Even as a kid, he was one of the worst losers, and I, I, I think we need a lot more of that. Yeah, Sorry, Ernie,
1: mate. No, no, no. You go him Porro. Romero, Doggy—that's a rapid back four. Like we loved mm. Carl Walker for being able to um, go back and sort out his mistakes, but all four of them can do it now. And you just—it the, means they can cover such space now. Like you go from Dyer and Davis at the back to Van Der Ven and Romero. We're playing completely different games. Mm. I, I, this team would destroy our team last year completely, yeah. Yeah. and it, that's yeah. quite scary, you know. Yeah. Uh, I did want to say I did see the referees, so three of them, so Michael Oliver Daniel Cook and Darren England, had officiated a Adnoc Pro League match in Dubai in UAE on Thursday. Before coming back. And that feels a bit weird. I feel like we're going to see a bit of a revolution in refereeing and VAR. Because, you know, people have been calling for VAR to be done quickly. That they still wanted human mistakes. That's happened. But they don't want it. And players are getting, te- referees are getting tempted to go out to Dubai and Saudi. And I think that we're, we're, we're due a refresh. So watch out for that one. Uh, Their goal, really good. I thought, I thought it was a great finish. So yeah. how he found it somehow. Not much we could do about it, really. We had two people on the line, the goalkeeper. The Carrier made some decent saves as well. Near, his the, near double, yeah. the double, stave in the
2: a first double save. That double save, yeah, off. yeah. It wasn't at my end, but what it looked amazing.
1: He's he's better than I thought we thought he was going to be. You know, Jack said I think it was last week. Do we just are we just seeing what a goalkeeper should be doing? And we we've lost a lot of we lost a little bit with just watching Hugo getting old, and we forgot what it should be like. I'm not sure. I think he's a good keeper. You know who Hugo! No, Vicario.
3: Oh, sorry, right. Yeah, the thing is with Hugo, it was so gradual you didn't see it. It's like the frog boiling the, the and a frog in it. Yeah, it's exactly that. It's a bit racist. He,
1: <laughs> he blends. Uh, it's not racist he, if he's getting the French.
2: He blends. He blends. Um, he blends talent with, uh with a kind of real aggressive character, doesn't he? He's a real winner. Yeah and uh you know you really need you really need that and these and they trust him one of the benefits of the back four thank goodness not getting injured is not least that it stops Dyer coming back into the back four, but also they're really getting to know each other and they're working each other out and you know that real cohesion think about all the good teams they've always had luck in that area haven't they that they've been able to keep a solid back four so you know I'm um yeah I'm starting to get quite excited
3: Oh, so the the attitude and that feeling and momentum and the spirit and all of of that good mentality stuff that we were so lacking last season. And part of me thinks it's so pronounced because of how poor it was and these things are always relative. But the other part of me accepts that actually I don't think it could be much better than it is now anyway, regardless of where we've come from. But they're all kind of learning it together. And I I was listening to something on, I think it was on like Five Live, um, prior to kick-off, and they were talking about whether – that miserable record we've got against Liverpool will kind of manifest in players' minds. And someone quite, you know, rightly, I think, and smartly said, yeah, but these players have no idea about that (laughs) because hasn't got a fucking clue that we haven't, we don't beat Liverpool. A doggy, doesn't have a clue, and even if he did, he wouldn't give a shit. Like, it's just, there's so much positivity around the players that we've got in, whether it's Van der Ven who hates to lose, whether it's Romero, who's just hard as nails and has really stepped up his responsibility, or Vicario, or Son, who's just embraced the captain's arm armband, or Yves Basuma who's playing with such freedom. Like, wherever you look, there isn't someone there you think is going to mope and going to bring that attitude and level down to a point where we risk, you know, almost willing to concede a last minute goal or something and I think that's just it's incredible to be part of and what's incredible about it mostly is just how quickly it's happened like you you were saying just now Rob that the the kind of spirit and and atmosphere in the ground was even better than it was against Sheffield United I can't even imagine that because Sheffield United to me was one of the highest highs I can remember from all football like for years and years like the, the the feeling in the ground was just it was amazing, and it, you just see it now on the players' faces. And we're going to lose, of course, we're going to lose, and we're going to have to bounce back. But I feel like we've got we've got such a strong nucleus in place now that it's yeah. just yeah, it's just hard. They to almost get away, um,
2: isn't it? This sounds bizarre, but they almost like part of their journey and you know of coming together as a team. They now they almost need to lose, don't they now, so that they can bounce mm. back and they can figure that out. But um, or everyone off the bench again yesterday at the last minute goal. All of them, all the subs, all the coaches. Everyone ran down the touchline. Um, yeah, it, it, you're absolutely right about the feeling. It's um, almost we're celebrating three points too much. You know, it, we we need yeah. to celebrate. We need to celebrate big, big, bigger things. Um, so someone said to me the other day that someone like last year Conte was saying to. Some of those players, I know some of them are new, but like basically you're not good enough. So therefore, we have got to play like this. And this year, Postacoglu is saying you're so good that we're going to play like this, and and this yeah. is purely how we're going to play. And they be, yeah. and they and it's you know it's called leadership, isn't it? Like he's 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 a leader. He's brilliant, and he's a top man, and, isn't he? and they're all buying into him, and so and quite rightly too. Who wouldn't? There's a bit.
1: You're right. You're totally right. There's a bit of a connection to the way the players don't look back and go, oh, you know, we haven't won against Liverpool because they. He, he's come from outside. He's had to work the hard way, doing it his way. He isn't just a Premier League manager, and this is the way it should be done. It's this is how I'm going to do it, and this is the and yeah. it's going to work because it works. I think a big part of this as well is is you know Son being captain, losing that striker, who and everything Harry did was always compared to the past compared to you know it's all about him him leading tottenham is all about him and his goals now it's about tottenham we don't hear about one player more than others like we hear about Madsen, but we hear about sun and we hear about basuma and i think that's a massive part of it as well we, we've spread the focus to everybody and to so everybody's benefiting it's not a one-man team and that's yeah, a fantastic it's never thing.
3: felt more like a collective has it yeah no
1: absolutely and I just can't wait to see how we play teams. Like we've got Chelsea in four games time. I'm not that interested in it, but we've got Villa. That's a big one now. That's really yeah, exciting. That's going to be tough. We've got Villa, City, West Ham, Newcastle. So West Villa, 25th November, then a week later, it's um, City. But then we've got three games in a week with West Ham, Newcastle. All three of those last season, I'd be bricking it. But now I'm just really excited to see how we come up against them. Really excited. And then Luton, I think it'd be good to see Tottenham put a team to the sword, just go out and mm. get loads of goals. And I think we can do that against Luton away this, this weekend at Kennaworth Road. We'll,
3: we'll go top of the league for a few hours at least if we do.
1: And how yeah. mad is that? We'll be eight games in. We haven't lost a game yet. Are we the only us Arsenal the only team? Arsenal.
3: They play Arsenal. City though, so hopefully that will um come tumbling down. That'll be good.
1: It's just it's just a good time to be alive. It, 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 we're now at the opposite edge of where we were last season, where we're just saying the same things over and over again, but it's completely different. Uh, what Liverpool players would you have in this Spurs team starting? So Salah that instead, which of the Liverpool team that started yesterday, would you have st- starting oh. for Spurs? So I I might choose Salah instead of Kulishevsky, but well, I would, at Richarlison, to be yeah, fair. Yeah, you'd
2: have
3: to, you'd have to.
2: Probably the keeper. I mean, I think... Oh, there's, yeah, the that's not, there's that's nothing
1: the keeper, that's fair, yeah. is I, I, I thought um, Matip had an excellent game, ignoring his, his own goal, but I wouldn't swap him for Romero or Van der Ven right now.
2: No. Um, I was quite impressed with... I know he only came on for the last 15 minutes, but I was quite impressed with Graven... What's his name? Graven? Graven
1: Birch. Birch. Ryan Graven Birch, yeah. He
2: was quite... I thought he, he looked quite good when he came on. Um, and they're,
3: um. Their new fella, um, I'm just Spresor looking Ruski. up his name, Sa- sab- sab- Sabitz. No? Yeah, he was, okay. he was he was really um, good actually. Spresor you can tell Spresor. he's a you can yeah you yeah. can tell he's a he's a proper footballer isn't he? So uh, you know he I mean. might him a Salah, yeah. Yeah, well, he, I wouldn't he, turn turn him down. But
1: he did um, twice. I, I saw some stats on him. I'm not the stat guy. I just I read a lot about it, and it seems to be the, the little hole I feel. But he, if, you he's, keep,
2: if you keep telling yourself that, does it make you believe it? Um, it was a compliment anyway mate I, I
3: didn't mean you're you know no no stato. no
1: but he did um, he's doing twice as much work as Henderson basically he's doing twice as many sprints he's, he's covering far more ground I think yeah. that that's the difference they're seeing from him uh, yeah. do you remember So the last time we beat him was we beat him 4-1 I think didn't we score like
3: Three was goals Wembley, wasn't in the it?
1: first half. Yeah, it's, nope. it's the only. I had my season ticket then. It was the only game I didn't go to that year. I think I of the Premier that. League. I was away. Um, yeah. We scored early. Harry Kane yeah. so, and Son. Yeah, Delhi so, scored that late goal, didn't was, we? I had scored yeah. at that point as well. I do remember. Do you remember much about that team? Can you can you name the team?
3: Didn't Lamela score as well? Did Lamela score?
1: No. Is that are you thinking of that Man City oh, like, game where we won four one?
3: Oh, I am. Yeah. Well, yeah.
1: Because the anniversary of and that was And it was in was quick succession,
3: week. wasn't it? I think we got two or three in the space of about 10, 15 minutes. We got
1: three, yeah, in that game. Three, yeah. I'll just tell you the team now. So, Hugo Lloris still at the club. Alderweireld, Sanchez, Vertonghen, Trippier, Eriksen, Winks, Deli, Oria, Oria on the left, Kane and Son up front. And they had Coutinho, Firmino, Salah, Chan, Henderson, Milner, Moreno, Lovren, Matic, Gomez, Mignolet. So they, they actually have more players still there. So Salah, Matic, Gomez, Winford what? got Sun.
2: We we got them Lewis. kind of at the... It was in the first third of Klopp's transformation, wasn't it? He hadn't quite got yeah. gotten already. And they hadn't quite shifted some of the players at that point. I do remember no. that game, though. Obviously, I couldn't remember the team, but
1: yeah that was a good that was a good that was 2017 i did a google like major life events that have happened in the last five years and it really depressed me (laughs) Yeah, don't do that no uh luton town should we expect anything other than a win
3: i mean no i mean we need to be the games like this you're right we need to be scoring by a decent two three margin surely I don't care how plucky they are. We should have, you know, the players and the talent and the system and the mentality. It's the mentality where it can come unstuck when you play these sorts of teams, but we've just been, you know, waxing lyrical about ours. So, you know, it's every game is a test, right? And it'll be interesting to see how they play and whether we do something like a Newcastle against Sheffield United and we do put them to the sword or if we, you know, take it easy after a couple of goals, margin and rest players. I don't know. I I don't know. I just hope we don't take, I hope that, I hope we don't, make any assumptions and I hope it's not like the cup game against Fulham but I just mm. can't see how it could be
1: we've only won one in our last 10 against them I mean the last time we played them was 11th of March 1992 so it's it's been a little while but we've drawn lost, drawn, lost drawn, lost, lost drawn, lost and then won on the 21st of November 1987 so a while we, ago we,
2: we, they don't I still mean, play I, on I, that dodgy astro do they? they're on proper grass now aren't they but I I was yeah. astonished they beat Everton I know Everton are absolute you know in absolute dire but when i saw i think i saw them on what game were they in a couple of weeks ago on the telly and i thought they just i couldn't see how they were going to win a game they'd look so bad Mm -hmm. so if we don't go there and you know then there's something wrong we need to i'm i'm absolutely sure as i can be that we're going to go and thump them
1: I hope so. Yeah, ever
3: It was good to see. Can I just say, I forgot to. Probably should have brought this up earlier, but it was good to see that Ashley Phillips is on the bench ahead of Eric Dyer.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah, that's it's good to see
1: Belize get a start as well. I was hoping he'd come on and get a goal as well. Didn't, he is yeah.
2: huge, Belize. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. He? Is, is he? Re- he's a big lad. Yeah,
1: really. Right, he's tall a he's an,
2: uh, Yeah, tall, well, tall yeah. broad. Stocky. He's a. Yeah. He's a. He's a real. He's going to be a real handful if. Uh, if they can get him going, get him fit, and playing. Me. six yeah.
1: one seventy seven kilos according to Google, so take that. Yeah, good to see him get his debut. Wouldn't like to see him play more. So would you make any changes for Luton?
2: No. Just keep on going. One game a week? Game a week. I'd still yeah, I think
3: if it was more than one game a week then you could argue the case for it, but Johnson, if
1: Johnson's fit, would you get him in? I'll just keep Richarlison there. I'm getting a bit worried about Richarlison. I know he had a couple of good plays, but he also made a couple of errors. I'm just a bit like, if we just. He doesn't seem comfortable.
3: No. And he he doesn't seem comfortable with the ball at his feet, which is a weird thing to say about footballers. I mean, we used to say it about the sock, didn't we? He just. He Mm. doesn't. I mean, I think. I can't correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he's only ever scored headers for us anyway, hasn't he? He just there's something about the fluidity and the style of play that we've adopted now that just does that seems to clash with him. And I did see a few games when he was at Everton and did think he was. I mean, there's so many things to admire about him, so I'm not knocking him and I'm not knocking the fact that he is a very effective player in the right kind of team. But for us, he just you you need players to be quite quick on their feet and they need to be quite technically able. and he just he almost needs to have a bit too much space around him. Like controlling the ball isn't necessarily he's not going to bring it under immediately in turn. He's, I don't know, just a little bit clunky in in some ways. And I think part of that might be confidence as well. So personally, if Johnson's fit, I'd throw Johnson in, he,
2: he, he doesn't look, he doesn't look right. He's incredibly his end product. he's so frustrating. He's so inconsistent. Mm. I mean, I know that, he, I mean, he hit the post yesterday, I, I thought he should have scored yesterday when he hit the post, yeah, I know it's quite a hard chance, but it was just, you know, and it was in the penalty area, wasn't it, like he should have scored, and I, a little bit like, you know, when, you know, Delhi, the kind of, the, the, the structure of matches kind of passed him by, and then suddenly he didn't fit, and clearly he had a wealth of other issues going on as well, and everything kind of added up, but his attributes suddenly weren't quite the attributes that most of the big Premier League teams needed. I sort of feel that's what's happened to Richardson a little bit. He hasn't got the natural movement developed over time to be a centre forward. He's not quick and agile enough to be a kind of not winger, but like a coming in from the left or or from the right. He hasn't, he's not technically good enough to play in that 10 role. The guy, it just sort of feels like the, our style, it's sort of passed him by a little bit, and he's, like you say, Giles, looks a bit of a fish out of water a little bit. And by the way, clearly, um, just has absolutely no confidence in himself yeah. at all. I wouldn't be at yeah, all yeah. surprised if, um, you know, he's they 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 loan him in uh, in the summer. Uh, I mean, 60 million, they're not going to be able to sell him, are they? So that they loan him. Yeah, I think there's uh, a
3: value. I think there's value retained in having like Brazil's number nine, even if he's not starting for Brazil. Although I'd struggle to see, you know, J- um, Jesus or Jesus, whatever is it, however you pronounce it, getting ahead of him, to be honest. So I still think I think there is a kind of prestige to that that does retain some value. So I'd I, I'd like to think there would be a market if we were going to sell him, but certainly not a sixty million. So I will take your point, Rob. Yeah. Um. I I don't think he sit on the bench,
2: Do you, Charles? He doesn't doesn't strike me as one of those lads that like, Hoy, I know Hoiberg come out and clearly wants to leave in January, but, and that's, you know, I it's fine. He's an international, um, you know, the Euros, et cetera, but he is also yeah. clearly, he's on the bench. He's getting picked. He's also getting his head down and just getting on with it. Isn't he ahead of going? And I, I don't get the sense that the Charleston's a character that will accept that. No, um, perhaps not. So anyway, yeah, well, yeah.
1: Uh, I've just seen 46 minutes ago. Liverpool have put out an official an official statement. Let me read it to you and see what you think. So they acknowledge Pigeon Mole's. Uh, admission of the failures last night, is clear that the correct application of the laws of the game did not occur, resulting in the sporting integrity being undermined. We fully accept the pressures that match officials work under, but these pressures are supposed to be alleviated, not exacerbated by the existence and implementation of VAR. It is therefore unsatisfactory that sufficient time was not afforded to allow the correct decision to be made and that there was no subsequent intervention. That such failings have already been categorised as significant human error is also unacceptable. Any and all out should be established only by the review and with full transparency. This is vital for the reliability of future decision-making as it applies to all clubs with learnings being used to make improvements to processes in order to ensure this kind of situation cannot occur again. In the meantime we would explore the range of options available given the clear need for escalation and resolution.
2: But It was significant human error and that error was not that they thought they were judging offside goal um and therefore they didn't put the lines up which would actually not that that would be almost you know that wouldn't be human error that would be that would be calling integrity into question yeah there was there was a there was confusion about the fact that the goal had been awarded
3: (laughs) that and And, that's what surprises me the most right because it was it's check complete and they thought the check complete was to check the goal was was right to stand, right? Yeah. It's almost like a semantics issue where, where instead of just saying check complete, they rule on if it's a goal or not a goal because then that would have just alleviated that <laughs> error happening. It seems like the system is just so like ripe for flaws like that to happen.
1: This is the fifteenth VAR apology, um a formal apology since the beginning of last season. Something's not quite right. Two of them have have helped us, so. Maybe we'll keep them about that.
2: Uh, it, it, it's it's blended with, in my in my opinion, a gradual but quite marked deterioration of the quality of refereeing in the games over the last four or five seasons, um, where some of the better refs have either retired or have just seems to have left the game, and the quality of the referees coming up. I mean, George, you were at the Sheffield United game. I thought that was one of the worst refereeing performances I'd seen was, for an, a, a really really long time. It was yeah. a, almost amateur in its in its ineptitude, and mm. um, and that's then blended with a complete lack of. There's like there's no confidence between both the between the off field and the on field officiating. Um, and in the end, like they just the quality of the officiating generally and all round. Has to improve and be more transparent. I think one of the one of the things that would have solved it yesterday was, well, you know, they they need to be more transparent about their communication, don't they? Mm. But yeah, I mean, it was a human error, a big one.
1: It was. And it was really funny that it happened to them. <laughs> I can't deal with it. I've had so much salt from my Liverpool mates. And there's been so much that's happened to us, the final. I mean, Jota should have been sent off last year, shouldn't he, for that boot to the face of Oliver Skip, who indeed then yeah. went on and scored. And then I think, if I remember correctly... Klopp telling, uh, Ryan Mason, who was the manager at the time, to focus on playing football and that we shouldn't be just a counter-attacking team. I, they say to be f- to be fair to Klopp, we're all looking forward to his his emotional and um, uh, muggy interview. I thought he handled that really, really well. He did, and he did.
3: Yeah, I can't stand that toothy gits, but he he really did. He did yeah. handle it well. So fair play.
1: So mm. Well done, Klopp. Any other business, gents?
2: You know, keep marching on. Yeah. Where where do you um after that after we so we've now drawn with Arsenal away, beaten United and Liverpool at home? So unless I'm greatly mistaken, that's seven points that we didn't get last season. Yeah. So suddenly where do you think we're going to finish this year? What what would your new predictions be? Or would they not be new?
1: If we're not top four, I, I will be very, very, very disappointed. Mm. No, because you go yeah, city. I mean, I... We we can face up to anyone based on this. I really, we can face up to. It's when the injuries hit that the diff, the, the <laughs> difference will be made. It, that's really when the difference yeah. will be made. But if if this we keep this team, this energy, we could we could go through and have an amazing season this is what happened to Arsenal last season they got some really lucky wins they got some really fortunate circumstances obviously they bottled it at the end of the season which is what we would do if we were in the same situation frankly but they're in a great place they're going to they're going to challenge City so it's going to be them Liverpool are going to be up there and then we're going to be up there who else is going to be up there Villa are going to fall off Newcastle have shown that they, they're fallible who else is going to be up yeah, there Brighton
3: are getting found out a bit aren't they That's yeah United are dreadful how bad the United, United? United are so so bad, but there's so many legacy issues there that's going to take them a long time to weed out. If you look at the salaries that some of those players are on, I mean, Sancho's been kind of whatever the word is. Um, ousted. situation with Ousted, that's it, and he's on what 350 to 400 grand. Away, apparently, I mean, that's just it's just terrifying amounts of money that are just going into bad attitudes and ill discipline. I mean, a phenomenal footballer, and I've said before, certainly to you, ASD, that a mate of mine who's just basically just obsessed about this kid since he was about 12 sending me videos when he was in the academy saying you wait for this the closest we've had to Ronaldinho in this country and and yeah on, on talent and ability and when he was at Dortmund there were times when I remember just being so excited about this young English lad But if he's got a head on him like Ravel Morrison, and maybe he doesn't, right? Maybe he isn't, you know, a bit Adele Tarat and all these players. But at the same time, there does seem to be a consistency of players that go through United, get inflated salaries. Like Jesse Lingard is another one that just don't seem to maybe they have that wrong they don't have the attitude to allow them to remain focused on on professional sports and they'd rather go and big it up in Dubai every weekend whatever it is like they just they don't have that Roy Keane mentality or that mentality they need to succeed and I think there seems to be so many people that fall in that category at United which sounds I you know I accept that I might be wrong on that so I don't want to sound like I'm being too absolute about things but I feel like there's a lot going wrong there at the moment and it's going to take a long time to uh to fix. But yeah, if you can... have
1: a look at the the top, yeah, like the if I the top salary rankings right now, De Bruyne on the top, four hundred grand a week, if, you know, what fine. Haaland, three hundred seventy-five grand a week, cool. Salah three hundred fifty grand a week, but then you get into Man United, Casemiro three hundred fifty grand, it's a lot of money. Varane three hundred forty grand, is he the best defender in the league? I'm not sure. Sterling is the sixth highest paid player in the Premier League of three hundred. Yeah, Sterling's grand. on high. Yeah, what is that? He's on more Where are you Greenwich. getting
3: these figures from, ASD? Because there was a there was a podcast from um, the Athletic last week, and they were saying that actually um, Man City accept that Haaland's more on more than De Bruyne, but depending on who you believe, that figures anything between four hundred and nine hundred thousand pounds. Like the it's astronomical how much he's being paid. And similarly, <laughs> Salah's agent has come out recently and said he's not far off a million pounds. I saw that. Um, like, and again, yeah, let's let's assume that at least thirty percent of that is bullshit. Well, that's still seven hundred grand. Like. I don't know. I think some of the figures that you that can be found online actually are, are probably nowhere near the truth. Or when you maybe when you 100%. account for bonuses or you know an extra 50 grand for putting their boots on per game, whatever it is, it's much much bigger. They basically yeah.
2: got Haaland on a free, didn't they? They paid 80 million for him or whatever. I mean, they, it's effectively right, a free. Yeah didn't well,
1: yeah and the seller thing i looked into it, that was like including the pepsi deal and things like that as well so that Fine. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah i mean it was literally the first website that i googled and it looked yeah. a bit financially so who literally who knows and who knows like if that's what they get weak then what the bonuses are what the you know yeah, all of yeah. that sort of stuff so yeah <laughs> you're right it's it's a really really rough estimate but the point is man united are massively massively overpaying and if you're looking to buy it why would you? Why would you go when you go these underperforming millionaires? I saw Chelsea in the week, one of their co-owners went into the um, dressing room after they lost in the midweek and you go, that's a shambles. It, it still annoys me that people aren't holding Chelsea to a higher standard after how much they paid and how much they're paying for players. Like it, it It's an utter disgrace. They should be miles ahead in the league and they're just not.
2: What, what's astonishing about I mean, Chelsea's last season... One of their major issues was that they hoovered up in the transfer market and caused themselves a massive cohesion problem because they bought too many players. So we're like, yeah, 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 no, you're absolutely, I can see that. And then in the summer, they went and did it again. Right? (laughs) Right? It's like, I mean, keep doing that. It's great. Like, I personally find it really quite amusing. But what are they, what is going on? And look, uh, based on absolutely nothing, but something's not right there. I, do you know what I mean? I don't mean on the football side. I mean, something's going on there. The fact that they're spending so much money, I don't know what it could possibly be. I'm not making any suggestions about what it could be, but there is something non-football related going on there that just doesn't feel quite right.
3: Yeah. I, yeah, It's the, weird, isn't it? Yeah. That,
2: the hard thing
1: for them is they've lost their identity as well. Right. I know a few Chelsea yeah. fans who were okay people and it's just hard for them because they've lost their yeah. identity. Now that, there was a time Emma was like, Emma, my wife was like, oh, you know, I've made this friend in the playground. We we should hang out with him. You know, he likes football. I was like, okay, who's he sport? Uh, Chelsea. No, I will not <laughs> meet him because he's probably an awful human being. Because, he, he, <laughs> well, you just ask him? Do, what, what do you think of John Terry? Do you accept, like one of my a, a good friend of ours? His wife bought him. He's a massive Chelsea fan. His wife bought him a signed picture of Don Terry, not the 500 group one we talked about a few weeks ago. But you go. Oh, do you agree with that? Like, I'm not sure that's the right thing. Um, and it's it amazing
2: that horrible bloke is my right. view of John Terry. Yeah, yeah, you know. awful human. I think going back to top to get the,
3: the uh, end of season predictions, I think both ASC and I said fifth. I think we both agreed on that, didn't we? I, I had a head start though because I joined the predictions we'll join a week or two. Yeah. To in but I, I don't I don't I mean yeah maybe fourth maybe fifth I, I, I just feel more confident saying fifth than I did previously and that's just assuming there will be an injury and assuming that at some point the bubble is going to pop a little bit and just allowing for a little bit of unluckiness to um, find its way into our results too but the top five you know is highly likely to mean Champions League places and so fine I mean Brilliant. I mean, I think I also think third is very realistic, but I don't know. I think aside from City, I think Liverpool annoyingly might pip us to second. The Goons, you know, they'll be there or thereabouts. So I think third, fourth, fifth is up for grabs. So who knows?
2: Game a week. Game a week. And I was and I was looking through the right? through massive difference. And I was looking through the team yesterday. I mean, I know it's a new team and a young team, but. And we're always biased, aren't we? When it's your own team, you think, oh, these players, they're the best players in the world. But I was looking at it yesterday, and they have got a really good team there. and really with, a, with, with With some additions in January, maybe a couple of additions in January, would have a really good squad as well. And I feel like they've got this little bubble, this little window, where that really good nucleus of good young players that... In any other season, their agents would be into them about Champions League football, European clubs, and all that jazz. They've mm-hmm. got them for a season, a game a week, and I think they've got. And next summer, if they don't make top four, top say top five, uh, agents are going to be moving something like it's a doggy. Like they're going to be moving those. So I think they've got a little window. And I think they've got a. Honestly, feel like they've got a with a game a week. Those injuries, they'll be able to manage those injuries. As long as they can keep the centre backs going. And I think they can finish third. Yeah. yeah.
3: Do you think it's too soon for them to be sketching out a new contract for a doggy?
2: I they need to I think it depends. Yeah, I mean I think after they there's a couple of them that they should definitely, you know, van de Ven if if so Romero, I want to talk. Romero, they've clearly got a little nuclear. Like they, they are yeah. proper ballers. Those lads, I think. And mm. um, if they don't make top four this year, I worry that the you know agents will just they'll try and move, you know Romero. didn't move this summer. Is he going to do another year out of the Champions League? I don't well, know. Messi,
3: Messi can't stop banging on about him, can he? I don't he know. know. Yeah, like that's it. You know, so... you, don't, you don't need that. You don't need that.
2: Yeah, exactly, and so they've got, and so they've just got. The, I sort of feel like they've got this unique little window where normally, when yeah. you're a game a week, you're in transition, or you haven't got that good a team, or you've got a couple of stars. But, but actually, like that team is that that team should be playing European football, no doubt. Pro- yeah. Probably with a couple of additions, Champions League football. They aren't. They're all really bought into it, and they're on a mission. And I actually think that they. Really need to try and make top four this year to keep the whole thing together and build and build on it again. And like a game a week, you know, in the in the running at the end of the season, unless they're in the FA Cup and they've gone deep in the cup, it's going to be tired legs, fifty sixty games, and we're going to play 30, 30 games.
1: You know, Udog, Udog is definitely one we need to protect. He's contracted yeah. until twenty twenty seven, but you can see Real Madrid going right. Just come and be our left back for ten yeah. years you know.
3: Well, City anyone's anyone, anyone, anyone with big money anyone. I mean, a, le- a left back at that he's got at least 10 years left in him at this. Right. He's going to get better too. So like why wouldn't you spend 100 million on him 10, 10, 10 million, million a right. year to get him like pff, right. peanuts.
1: Romero's yeah. till 27 so he's okay but Basuma, we only bought him on a four year and we've had him for two years so he he finishes two years at the end after, after the end of the season so that's a problem yeah. right. Yeah, they,
2: yeah, they, yeah. they 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 need to make top they I think they have to make top 5. They should make top four and they've got to yeah. protect some of those players. Otherwise I can, they, they started so well and the players are so much better than I could possibly have believed that they would have been this quickly, which shows how good they are mm, yeah. um, that they'll, they'll struggle hold that team together next year. And so they, they need to progress. They haven't got the season of transition. They've the season of transition is finish top five. You must finish top five. I think, I'm excited I haven't felt this positive about them for a, a very very long time
1: very very long time alright gents thank you. thank you thank you very much for your time looking forward to seeing you next week when we talk about how we, we uh, what's the score going to be looting away 3-0 yeah.
3: I'm
1: going 6 6-0 six oh, sure I think we'll, we'll oh, tear him a new one then we've got a two week break
2: Yeah. Is that is that internationals again
1: I think so. I'm more oh, yeah, worried about internationals yeah. now, yeah. Getting getting injuries on internationals, but... I
2: don't, I don't like international breaks. No. No, I don't.
1: No, no, no. no. All right. Thank you, lads. I'll see you. see you in a week. And don't forget, the future's bright, the future's lily white. Come on, you Spurs.